Welcome to Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the challenges and opportunities facing the global food supply chain and speak with experts working to support a planet of plenty. Hello, I'm Michelle Michael. In this special series of Ag Future, we're talking with those working along the food supply chain about the impact of COVID-19. My guest today is Mr. Nick Likadopoulos. His company, Philosophish, is a, a Greek business producing sea bass and bream. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me uh, in, in this uh, interview. We're going to talk about uh, fish farming today. Where are you located and, and what is your role in the, the aquaculture industry? Uh, I'm currently in, in Greece, uh, but I actually live in Switzerland. But I, I chose to sit out the lockdown in Greece, partially to be closer to some elderly relatives and uh, partially because of the business interests in uh, particularly aquaculture in Greece, which have uh, been going uh, through uh, some challenging times during during the crisis, and I wanted to be nearby. Uh, I'm I'm an investor in a in a large aquaculture business in Greece. From a personal uh, standpoint, we'll get to um, the impact of COVID nineteen on aquaculture in a minute. But but from a personal standpoint, what's going on outside your door right now? What's life like for you? Well, specifically in Greece, um, Greece has been one of the success stories uh, in terms of the control of uh, the coronavirus. Um, the government took uh, very draconian and early steps to control uh, social contact. And as a result, um, even though Greece has a similar population to the state of New York, um, it's, it's had uh, less than 150 fatalities and uh, less than 2,500, I think, uh, infected, uh, confirmed infections. So uh, in, in terms of the local society, um, everyone's been experiencing the same lockdown as everybody else in the world, but but the, 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 the sad headlines we've seen elsewhere have been absent uh, from Greece. Uh, from my own point of view, I'm a man who, who catches 10 aeroplane flights a week, and so uh, it's had a big effect on my uh, lifestyle, uh, one which I've I've actually quite enjoyed being in one place for uh, a month and a half. Um, let's go now to the impact of, of COVID-19 on your actual business. You talked about aquaculture being impacted greatly. C can you just give us the basics of what's going on in that world? Well, I think the, uh, the, the two significant uh, effects are, uh, first of all, on demand, on, on our sales, uh, largely because of the closure of restaurants, hotels, the, the cruise line industry, the disappearance of uh, people traveling for holidays or on business. Um, uh, a big part of the demand for uh, aquaculture is, is now closed, uh, which has had an effect on uh, the sales of uh, a lot of aquaculture businesses. Um, uh, who, who directed their, their product towards that ch those channels. Uh, obviously, there has been an increase in, in those that uh, sell largely to supermarkets. And, and the second effect, uh, an immediate effect at any rate, has been on the logistics chains. Uh, you know, shipping movements have been uh, difficult and uh, uh, complicated. Uh, road transport and ferry transport has been affected. Drivers and products are, are subject to greater delays at 
borders and periods sometimes of quarantine. Uh, and this has made uh, uh, distribution more difficult. And on top of that, uh, air freight has substantially reduced uh, in terms of its uh, capacity to carry uh, seafood because there are so many less passenger flights which also carry uh, freight uh, at the same time as the passengers. From a fairly basic point of view, we talk about the aquaculture industry. Um, the types of fish farming that you're talking about, is there a certain type of fish that we're speaking of? Yes, the, the Mediterranean uh, fish market is predominantly made up of sea bass and sea bream, or in the States, uh, usually referred to as branzino for sea bass and uh, dorad for sea bream. See, uh, Franzino being more well-known to U.S. consumers. Um, uh, but there are other species uh, which are being produced and developed in, in the Mediterranean. Um, uh, it's white fish, uh, relatively small in terms of its volume compared to, say, salmon, um, around 300,000 of annual production compared to slightly over 2 million tonnes of salmon, so... But across the board, all those species are impacted at this time. Yes, I, I, I mean, from what I read and uh, learn by joining uh, webinars, a uh, very similar experience uh, has, has been had by the salmon industry. And I believe the same with uh, shellfish and uh, uh, other forms of uh, aquaculture. Without the ability to to move fish at this time, uh, can we discuss some of the global stresses and strains, uh, some of the challenges facing fish farmers right now? Uh, well, I think the uh, um, in short term challenges are that if if you don't sell your fish, uh, there are several knock on effects uh, in our business in our business model. Uh, Mediterranean uh, fish production is a two-year growth cycle. And so uh, if for a period, especially one that is about to go through the high growth period of the year, the summer, we don't sell all of our fish, uh, we, we are presented with um, a series of problems. First of all, we continue to feed our fish, uh, which means that we, we have uh, greater feed cost. Um, quite a lot of stress on our businesses' cash flows. Um, and as a result, probably uh, most businesses reduce the level of their feeding to a non-optimal level, so they're not making best use of their resources. Um, and at the same time, the fish grow to, uh, in many cases, above the best ideal size for the market. Um, at the same time, the cages... Uh, become more crowded, increasing the risk of disease, and often licensing regulatory and just physical restrictions mean that the fish can't be uh, spread out more widely to alleviate those problems. And then uh, the next effect is that in not selling mature fish, uh, new, new fry is not being stocked, which uh, cannibalizes our uh, ability to produce fish during the next two years, so for 2021 and 2022. And further on than that, creates a, a logjam in our hatcheries where the fry which were waiting to be stocked uh, start to become too large and uh, too uh, overcrowded to, to remain in the hatcheries. 
So it has quite a considerable effect on our business model. It sounds like a, a snowball effect, really. Um, from the consumer point of view, should we be concerned that down the line uh, there could be a shortage of fish in supermarkets? Well, I think there will be uh, there will be less production in 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 the in the next uh, year. Uh, but by necessity, uh, fish farmers will stock less fish in their cages, um, and they they will seek as best as they can to sell cheaply or 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 otherwise their fish uh, currently. Um, but investment in in future um, uh, biomass will be reduced. So I don't know if there'll be a shortage uh, uh, on the grounds that um, it's quite difficult to define what a shortage is in a protein market because none of the fish that is produced is thrown away and all of it gets eaten. Um, so demand pretty much equals supply. It's just that that, that uh, consumers may have to eat different products to the ones that they prefer in order to uh, um, satisfy their dietary requirements. When we talk about these disruptions, um, will that affect fish pricing in the future? Yes, I think it will reduce fish pricing in the short term, but uh, uh, increase it in the longer term for for a variety of reasons. Uh, Firstly, because of uh, less supply. Secondly, because the cost of operating all businesses, not just uh, aquaculture businesses, will will become higher. Um, Supermarkets, uh, restaurants, uh, hotels, uh, cruise ships, uh, transportation businesses will all have to live with a degree of social distancing for many years to come. This is not a a problem which is going to be solved in the next two to three months. So the cost model for all aspects of society, uh, public transport, uh, um, the way we operate in our office spaces, um, is, is going to become more expensive across the board. And, and that inevitably uh, will filter through to the prices of, uh, of, of whatever is being produced, in this case, uh, fish. Um, on the positive side, uh, it seems likely that energy prices will go through a period of uh, considerable reduction, oversupply of energy, um, and that will counteract some of the effects that uh, I've described. Another potential uh, positive, I, I suppose you could say, you know, fish, it's known as a healthy diet option. Do you think in the long term, this crisis will make consumers more aware of the benefits of seafood? Uh, very much so. We're seeing this as a as a very positive development for the industry. Um, firstly, there have been a number of uh, academic and uh, governmental uh, comments about how uh, vitamin D uh, and omega three rich diets uh, improve the uh, immune system. And how uh, it is one one of the ways that uh, people can uh, prepare themselves better to fight off uh, this or, or any future virus. Um, but also, I believe that there is an increasing focus on um, healthy uh, diet, partially because of a, a imposed more sedentary lifestyle, uh, but partially because it is clear that obesity. Uh, has been a, a major increased risk factor in terms of mortality and uh, serious uh, 
repercussions of the virus. Um, and uh, these are not problems that can be solved uh, in one or, or two months of changing one's diet, but actually one's immune reaction can be improved in the very short term. One's general well-being uh, and the quality of one's diet takes longer to improve, but uh, we believe that there'll be more focus on that as, as time moves on and more focus on the traceability and the animal health aspects of producing food. I think it's fairly widely accepted that uh, whatever the immediate causes of the current pandemic uh, elements of uh, poor animal health have contributed uh, to to the start of the virus. Um, and, uh, and I believe that both governments and consumers will become increasingly focused on those. Uh, certainly so many changes from this pandemic. Uh, I'm curious from your point of view, if you think the aquaculture industry has ever faced a challenge as serious as the coronavirus or or is this unprecedented just like the pandemic itself? Well, I'm not sure that the pandemic is unprecedented. It's certainly unprecedented in our lifetime. Um, but I think if we look back in history, there have been many pandemics um, and uh, if we take uh, Spanish flu, uh, which, you know, only 100 years ago, uh, at, at that time, between 3 and 6% of the population is estimated to have died uh, as, a, as a result of Spanish flu. The economic effects uh, were very, very uh, strongly felt, um, actually particularly in the United States, and uh very differently from one city to another, depending on its reaction to the uh, epidemic. Uh, but going back further, in, in, in the 14th century, you know, there, there was a, a great famine, uh, which which killed 30 to 50 percent of uh, Europe's population, and the Black Death is estimated to have killed around 25 percent of the world's population. So it's not unprecedented in, in, in human history, just in our, our lifespan. But uh, I think that uh, as far as the aquaculture industry is concerned, which, which uh, um, it has faced some very big challenges from animal disease, from uh, outbreaks of disease amongst the, the animals that we farm, and indeed uh, um, the effects of El Nino on the cost of feed and the availability of uh, of feed inputs uh, but it's uh, it's certainly in, in my understanding the worst uh, uh, crisis that we've faced in terms of reduction of demand because apart from the period of closure of uh, restaurants as I've said uh, we can expect a very substantial decline in world GDP in the spending power of consumers in the ability of governments to fund uh, projects because of uh, lower taxation receipts. So uh, the, the overall effect on uh, the world economy and therefore the buying power of our customers uh, is, I believe, unprecedented. So uh, restaurants are closed. Farmers now have to hold on to their fish longer. Uh, does that change the way they operate, feeding, stocking, uh, things like that? Yes, it, it, it means a reduction in, in feed rates, reduction in stocking rates. Um, uh, it means a, a greater focus on new new forms of, uh, of sales, uh, 
quite a lot of home delivery is now taking place. Uh, supermarkets are increasing their uh, portion of the, the food market in the absence of, of restaurants. Um, and uh, consumers are favoring uh, products which have a longer shelf life and a greater ease of handling, uh, not just uh, canned and uh, frozen foods uh, for, for, for reasons of easy cooking at home, but also um, preferring to avoid the risk of uh, fresh meat or fish uh, or, or other products having been recently handled on the fish counter or the meat counter in the supermarket. Um, and, and so people's purchasing uh, habits are changing uh, and the focus of the industry will be increasingly on uh, easy to cook, ready to eat products uh, and elements of uh, food safety. In the very short term, though, people tend to reach for in you know, cheap staples, um, uh, dry foods, uh, rice, pasta, uh, and those are the things which uh, tin tomatoes, which sold out first in the supermarkets. But uh, over a longer time, I think people will want uh, um, protein with an easy-to-eat and easy-to-store uh, characteristics. It's been said that um, crisis at times drives innovation. Do you see any positives coming from what's happening right now in the world? Yes, I think um, we will see uh, in our industry a less fragmented industry um, because it will be generally easier for the larger and uh, better capitalized businesses to survive. Um, I, I, I think we will see uh, a greater uh, uh, sort of uh, emphasis on production being close to consumers in the market and not being uh, reliant on very long uh, supply chains, which may be interrupted uh, for one reason or another. Um, I, I think the focus on food safety will be a, a great opportunity uh, for the industry. Um, uh, and countries will also focus on food security, uh, which uh, you know, at times when imports for one reason or another become difficult, we have seen that China, for example, has had to dramatically uh, eat into its uh, strategic food reserves in order to avoid uh, food shortages uh, during this period um, and is now uh, actively replacing that food. But I, I think it's unlikely that uh, other countries will uh, not learn the lesson of the potential of food shortages uh, when, when supply chains are interrupted. So I think all of that is an opportunity for the uh, aquaculture industry uh, to direct investment uh, with considerable government support throughout the world and to develop new markets. Nick, you're a recent investor in the Mediterranean industry. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, the last five years. How do you how do you see your business developing in the next five years? Uh, well, I think we we see quite considerable opportunities for growth. Uh, we have a strong investor group who who uh, are committed to uh, the food sector generally and particularly to aquaculture, um, and we believe that. Uh, uh, the opportunity is uh, there for 
uh, aquaculture producers to follow the uh, certainly Mediterranean ones to follow the uh, model uh, pursued by salmon and shrimp and, uh, and other sectors of our industry and produce less and less round fish and more and more processed and ready to eat products, all of which requires considerable amounts of investment and a great deal more employment to, to, sub, to items which will be much in need in, in much of Europe and particularly in Greece over the next few years. And nobody knows day to day. Nobody knows, you know, a, a timeline. The, the pandemic really is driving the time. Uh, but how long might we expect the effects of the coronavirus pandemic to influence the aquaculture industry? Well, I think because of the long uh, growth uh, period for the fish, undoubtedly uh, for the next two to three years, um, uh, the economic effects uh, on GDP, disposable income, uh, different travel habits, the way people uh, take their holidays, uh, I think will have a, a longer effect of at least five years. Uh, restaurants will not be able to operate uh, for a long period of time in the way that they have done in the past. Uh, table density will be reduced. Health requirements will be much greater. Uh, hotels will, will have to operate in a completely different way to, they do, to the way they do now which will increase costs, reduce the number of available bedrooms, therefore the number of people eating meals. Cruise ships, for example, will have to operate, if they do, in a completely different way. Um, and, and all of those uh, will, will, will be, have very long-term effects on the way we live our lives. So I, I can see five years as being the minimum period that we will see the effect. I'm curious if, if in your eyes, you think this pandemic will impact the way consumers look at farmers. Are, are farmers more appreciated as the world's food supply is threatened at this time? Yes, I think they are. I, I'm not so sure how long consumers' memories uh, uh, last. Um, but certainly at the moment, um, uh, the, the lack of uh, mobility for cheap labor, you know, pickers, uh, uh, seasonal workers uh, in, in, in many parts of the world, either mobility within the country or mobility across borders, um, has focused on on the need for uh, uh, sustainable uh, local farmers. Um, and I think that uh, uh, people appreciate uh, those in the food supply chain, uh, the, even down to those stacking shelves in supermarkets as being key key workers and a number of politicians I think have quite rightly said that we will all look at uh, the people who collect our trash and the people who stack our supermarket shelves in a different way following this crisis. I, I just think that society uh, has a relatively short memory so uh, you know, 10 years from now people will be increasingly uh, less careful about uh, um, you know, passing disease one from another. Um, but it, but in, in the short term, I think it, this uh, crisis will drive a great deal of change in the way we live our lives and the way people uh, think about life. Uh, we are, I, I'm in my 60s, so, so I'm one of the first generations that has not faced the uh, sort of uh, likelihood of imminent uh, death uh, at all during my my working life. 
Um, but, you know, my parents and grandparents all, all lived through very significant wars, outbreaks of disease, persecution on a, on a global scale. Um, and uh, and we've, we've lived a kind of charmed uh, lifetime in which we haven't faced those risks. And we're, we're very saddened, uh, certainly in the developed world, when, when people die at a young age and uh, or in accidents, uh, whereas um, for, for many, many centuries, and indeed in still in some parts of the world, uh, the, the fragility of, of one's life is a, is a daily worry for people. Uh, and, and I think this will change people's psychology, uh, in, certainly for the next few years. This virus certainly has uh, changed all of us. Mr. Lee Kadopoulos, stay safe, stay well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thanks a lot. For additional resources on COVID-19, visit alltech.com. This has been Ag Future, presented by Alltech. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to Ag Future wherever you listen to podcasts.